It's time for another episode of Badoogie All-Stars with your host, Tecmo Super Bowl, Nixon the Grouch, and 2-4 Offsuit. Welcome everybody to episode 25 of Badoogie All-Stars. This is Tecmo Super Bowl. This is Nixon the Grouch. This is two for offsuit. We have a Mr. Aaron Wilt on Tilt later on. Uh, for now, what's going on, Jordan? Well, the uh, World Series of Poker has officially kicked off, and I'm not there right now, but I'm really excited about it. Um, as we speak, Vanessa is deep in event number two, and she is currently fourth out of four in chips. So that's top four finish, no big deal, but probably just win that bracelet. You know how she does. Yeah, that's the 1500 no limit, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, in yeah, other there, were over, there were over 2,000 people in that, too. So. That's like a large live field, right? Yeah. Nice, nice. And those of you um, podcast detectives, see if you can figure out exactly what time we're recording this. <laughs> Um, in other news, not nothing too exciting in this past week. I am currently, for this episode, drinking some Ardberg, Ardbeg uh, scotch. And I'm not the biggest fan of it, but the more I drink, the more it grows on me. Um, but it is a little bit on the uh, <laughs> side. <How> many... <laughs> okay, it's on the side, which was the sound you made originally when you started drinking it. How many glasses of it have you had now? I've had three big glasses. Um, I'm on my fourth big glass, and it's starting to taste a little bit better. It's really just harsh. It, it's not very – if I were to give my scotch uh, amateur opinion, it's, it's very light in color, which is a, uh, signifies that it is not aged well because it's only 10 years old, so it doesn't have the chance to really mature and get that color from the wood barrel. And it is just peaty and smoky and ugh. I don't. I yeah. think I recognize like three of those words. And... <laughs> yeah. What, wait. What? It's what? It's, it's peaty. Pete. Peaty. Pete is basically like, like Rodney Pete. No, Pete is basically like dirt. By the way, from like Scotland. Moss. Yeah, peat moss. So. So it's dirty. Like they haven't cleaned it. No, it, it, that's a, a flavor that they actually intend to put in there. Mmm, this tastes like dirt. Delicious. Just like I planned. Are you sure? Absolutely. It sounds like something and they did accidentally and like, yeah, that's what I meant. I wanted it. It's like dirt. <laughs> it's like, like the, the podcast. The bugs are features and features are bugs. Um, yeah, and the bugs are in the dirt, which is in your scotch. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's like that mm. peat. And then the smokiness comes from the peat and the burnt. They actually burn the inside of the cask that they save it in. To try and get the and... dirt out. <laughs> I think that's uh, after the fact. But that smokiness uh, infuses into the scotch. And usually it, it can be a good thing. Um, there are some that are smoother and sweeter as opposed to smokier. But this one is on the smoky side. And... I, I don't want it that much, but I kind of want it, so I'll I'll drink a little more. I don't think you want it. You're just not making good decisions anymore. <laughs> that's that's a running theme that we have with it's this true. podcast. You did, yeah, you, you did fight your way to be on to this podcast. And I did fight my way to uh, to drinking against my so-called will last episode. So I think you're on scotch tilt. 
Scotch tilt. I think you're on yeah. Scotch tape. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, what's been going on with you, Bryce? Um, I'm in the middle of a, a week-long battle with the crows in our neighborhood. They have been ripping up the plants in search of the grubs that live in our dirt, which has sort of a peaty flavor to it. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's what the crows told me, at least. Are you going to open your own distillery? Yes, I am. But just we're not going to make scotch. We're going to just serve grubs to crows. Um, but anyway, so I attempted to – we bought the stuff that's supposed to kill all of the grubs that are living in the dirt so the crows go away. The crows responded to that by ripping up all the plants again. So I have purchased a motion sensor sprinkler that you put in your front yard, and when something goes in front of it, it just shoots it with a stream of water. And I'm going nice. to use it first to get rid of the crows, second to shoot people to come to visit. That sounds really fun, actually. Where do you get one of those? Amazon. It's where you get everything. Yeah, that's true. Have that's... you considered a scarecrow? No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny if the thing weren't called the scarecrow water sprinkler thing. So, But anyway. Yeah, that's what's been going on with me. That's It's, it's very time-consuming and involves going in the front yard and going, God damn it! <laughs> and then replanting stuff. What, so. what kind of plants do you have in your front yard that need to be replanted? It's just we just put a bunch of ground cover in to like around some other plants, and so they rip up each of the little pieces and throw it across the yard. Uh, yeah. Did you get the uh, Contec CRO101 Scarecrow Motion Activated Sprinkler? No, I got the other one. Yes. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> Is that what you got? I think so. I, Black and yellow. I don't remember it, the. It is I don't remember the, the model throw. number. I didn't. Cost, I don't have my receipt in front of me, but it costs uh, fifty nine ninety nine list price, but you got it for forty nine ninety nine. I believe so. Those nice. prices on Amazon change every day. So. Yep. Forty eight ninety nine. Wow. See, it's already getting better. At this rate, it'll be free tomorrow. Well, that's just me misreading it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> never mind then. It's not a trend after all. But yeah, that's what I got. It's it's that or it was by like netting and put it over the top and like stake it down. And by the time I buy all that, it's basically the same price. And I can't use the netting to attack inadvertent visitors. So, or water your lawn. That's true. It doesn't. It's not really. You'd have, it would involve me walking back and forth across the lawn until the lawn was watered. It was like a lot of work. Lawn watering plus exercise. Yeah. We actually, we actually already have sprinklers to water the rest of the lawn. That work pretty well. Don't require motion detection. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. That's what I got. Tom, anything exciting going on with you? Uh, played a little poker. Um, the only noteworthy thing from that was I made a call down a guy uh, to my left blind versus blind uh, triple barreled me and just strictly based on the way he bet and the, the chip denominations he chose uh, I had previously seen um, him do, do that as a bluff and so I called him down with third pair no kicker and I was good and it felt awesome Did you- so you had a bluff catcher yeah, weak bluff catcher. I was really worried when I was making the call that he was going to be bluffing with a better hand. Did he call you an idiot? No. Does no, he have he a podcast know. where he may have been calling you an idiot now? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> Does he think you're an idiot? Can, can Probably. You, can, can you, you get, get him, him on? Yeah. <laughs> no. Come on. 
Again, if anyone is listening to this podcast who has been called an idiot by Tom or thinks Tom is an idiot, badoogieallstars at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs> this is going to happen. Yep, that, that was, uh, that's it, really, though. All right. All right. Um, well, short intro today. I don't think there's any news except for the World Series of Poker that we covered at the top of the show. Um, do you yeah, know how the it's... Casino Employees event went? Do we want to report on that? Let's do it. Let's do it. I, why don't we wait until ESPN shows that? <laughs> okay, okay. I respect that. Hey, re- quick question. Do do we know, because I, I, they're not showing the uh, the 50K horse this year on TV. Um, do, you, do you guys know if that means the final table will still be horse? Because before they switched the final table to no longer hold them for TV purposes. So, so I wonder if they're going to switch it to just still being horse. They didn't show it last year either, did they? I think last year they only showed the main event. Maybe they did a live streaming or something of it, they but they're, they're literally not doing any streaming or showing of anything. Except you mean the, the, uh, the, players, the Poker Players Championship? Is that what they call it now? Yeah. Yes. Uh, the World Series of Poker website says five-day event and says nothing about the final table being different. Yeah, but I don't think it ever did say I th- that. Well... I don't know. I was going to say, I think that if it's not on TV, I would guess they're probably playing horse the whole way through. I would say so. Yeah. Because okay. I think that, well, was, I, that was strictly a TV move. Because they say, like, um, there's an event where day one plays full ring, day two plays six-handed, and days three and four play heads up, and they note that on the schedule. That's yeah, I'm just a, not sure if they ever noted the, the change previously for the Players' Championship. I um, I'm, I think not. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna guess no. And if someone thinks I'm wrong, you can email us or <laughs> tweet at us at Baduki All Stars and let us know. And I call will... us dummies, idiots. Yep. You could do all those things. The more insults you have, the more likely we are to respond. That's a that's a good marketing ploy. Yep. How come I didn't think of that before? I don't know. Stupid. <laughs> Them, not me. Um, oh, oh, anyways. Oh, All right, with that, I think we should probably throw it to TJ now. (laughs) Yeah, let's do that. Alright, we're back with another installment, not episode, installment of Hugging the Rail. TJ's here again. Say hello. Hello. He listens so well, I got him trained. Um, <laughs> what, are, what will we be talking about today? The Rio and the World Series of Poker. Ooh. It's on! It is on. How was the coffee? I didn't have any. Are you going to be back? Are you going to be back? Uh, back. To, to the, the future? Rio? TJ, we have to go back to the future. (laughs) Back to the island. I'm sure I'll be back to the Rio at some point in my life. Yes, I'm going to go back during the World Series. Um, Order the coffee and do a follow-up report at least? Maybe. One day you just need to go room to room and drink coffee everywhere in one day. In one – that'll be a long podcast. That'll that'll be two days. (laughs) And then coffee (laughs) afterwards. (laughs) Well, guys, I just had this coffee. It was really good. 
Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what you did do at the Rio? Um, well, I, I got there and did a little walk around. It was day day two or day three um, of the events. So I walked around, checked out all the the sites. Um, I, the, I thought all the what, sites what, got what? shut down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he just went and looked at Merge. Stared at the lobby. Um, oh, I want to go see Cake Poker. <laughs> Damn it! Sorry, TJ. Sorry. No, they're they're getting bought by Merge. Didn't you listen to the podcast last week? Lock. No, that, lock. That's just lock. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did you? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Anyway, um, I went and checked sites. out the the seven stud uh st- seven stud eight was going and uh went and checked that out it was um star studded i guess depending on who you would call stars in poker but there was that was a really really big field so i went and checked that out in the amazon room which i guess is the the main tourney room they have about 450 tables in the amazon room um as well as the what is it? The mothership, the the yeah. big final mm-hmm. table, um, final table arena, I guess. Nice. And uh, saw some. So four hundred fifty-one tables is what you're saying. Yes, good point. <laughs> they said Ivy Damn. was him. Yeah, Ivy was playing the seven stud. I saw him. He's still alive. Did you ask him about the full tilt money? Oh, I thought about it. It would have been awesome. Because I don't think anyone else is gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think they are. That you don't think they are? Only, I don't think they will. Somebody is going to do it, and they're going to get. They're going to be that guy that has the concussion in the Amazon room. No, I think <laughs> that they're they're just going to get the Phil Ivy stare. But they're going to get that whether they say it or not. So at that point, it's a free roll. Oh, okay. There you go, TJ. Let's talk him into it. And then uh, TJ wakes up in a roadside ditch. <laughs> don't. If he wakes up. If big if there, well, if he has uh, enough a, coffee, that's a reverse. The, the rooms, then he'll be fine. <laughs> that's a reverse free roll right there. That's true. Who okay, else? So who else other than Ivy. Phil Ivy? What's that? Who other than Phil Ivy? You said star studded. I assume that means um, lots of stars. Yeah, um, I saw the grinder. Um, Helmuth was there. Scotty Wynn was playing that event. Um, Jawanda was playing that event. Um, a lot of the. The big name live pros. Um, was Eric Lindgren there? I did not see Aaron Lindgren. He was dodging debts, I'm assuming. Did you just call him Aaron? <laughs> Aaron? Eric? Did I? Or did TJ? Okay. I'm, I'm the drunk I'm glad one, that we have so Tom in charge of auditing anything that he thinks <laughs> might be a mispronunciation. <laughs> glad we found a role for you in this podcast. <laughs> Dessert and auditing pronunciations. So, did you go to the cafe the, at the Rio? I did go to the cafe, and it was um, as disappointing as last year, I guess. Nice over, consistency. Over, wait, it was as disappointing, meaning that your expectations were that much higher than the quality two years in a row. No, that I didn't expect much. It's like so it met expectations it, for anyone. It did anyone that hasn't been there. I guess the what I think of it's like. Um, like a really bad food truck, but twice as expensive. Well, and That's they also, their, uh, that is their slogan, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know last year they gave $10 vouchers uh, for if you've bought into an event, but they stopped doing that this year. And now they're just giving out like 
total reward credits or whatever points. Yeah, because there was Did a you run see that on sodas that you could get with the ten dollars vouchers at the food truck, so they were out because it's ten dollars <laughs> for a drink. What's well, the, the least they can do, considering when you're playing in the um, in the cash games, you can't clock in at all. There's no way to clock in on your Harris card. So just no comps. No all. comps. No <sighs> jackpot. And yeah, Kessler will be disappointed. No. Yeah. All right. So how are the what? games? The games are okay. The games are in the um, in the pavilion room. And when I was there yesterday, the pavilion room, it's about 350 tables. Um, they, yeah, they have cash on one half of the room and the other half of the room, it looked like it was dedicated to um, satellites and the daily deep stacks that they run. Okay. Um, Last year, the daily deep stacks were in the main room, the Amazon. Really? Room. Well, um, I mean, they, they might move them around. I mean, it was early. There, It wasn't... Super World Series of Poker crazy, I guess, once the weekend hits is when the, the madness kind of starts. It was, I was actually surprised it was pretty slow in there. <clears throat> well, I, that was on two, Tuesday, the first Tuesday. So maybe not a lot of people were in town yet or whatnot. Once all the excitement from the Casino Employees event dies down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you should have played in that. I, the Casino Employees, I, I'm, I'm not a dealer. Oh, you have to be a dealer? Yeah. We should call it that, then. That oh. sounds like misleading yeah, I was information. Say, I, thought it was, I thought it was casino employees. I thought all the people that were, like, emptying trash were playing that event and, like, <laughs> working the food places. My question is, who deals the dealer event, then? The, Maybe it's just question. the button deals, because they're all trained. <laughs> I, yeah, I that's an that is an excellent question. Like we'll the, get to the bottom of this. First one it, on the it, podcast. Well, it it is a five hundred dollar buy in, so I guess maybe some people just don't want to buy in and play. They would just rather deal. And there's probably not that that large of a field, but this is That's pure true. speculation. I mean, not at this every point. poker dealer wants to play poker. I feel like a lot of them do, though. Yeah, but not every. It's their so chance for glory, need. man. <laughs> we learned that there is no glory from Edmund. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Um, anyways, TJ, what what uh, what would you say is a pro of playing at the Rio? Um, I, I guess it, it's just kind of cool to go there for the experience, do the uh, the walk around, check out all the the huge tourneys going. I mean, when you when if you've never been there before, when you first walk in, it could be pretty overwhelming. I would guess. I mean, just trying to once you walk in, there's so many. There's there's the, this huge room and all these shops and hallways and you kind of don't know which way to go and if you walk in the wrong way you look at the board and it says like the first thing you see is like fifty one hundred PLO and you're like I have like five hundred dollars on me <laughs> so you'll play so I guess <laughs> I'll play that um, no but I did play the uh, I played the one three for um, just for a couple hours just a little short session it's only a one hundred big blind buy-in so just 300 uh cap and so wait they're... hold on they had one three in the the rio area like in the the pavilion yeah in the pavilion they had they had um one three all the way up to i believe the biggest no limit game running was a 10 um ten dollar 25 dollar game um because okay, in running. years past they had the, the lowest you could do was two five 
And unless you went to their quote unquote poker room, which was like not near that stuff at all, you could go play one three. Is that just like the little roped off area? Yeah. 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 Like by the actual casino. Yeah, that's that's where you could play one three. But if you wanted to play in the main area, it was only two five. So that's good to know that there's one three this year. They did. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if they're changing that as like more people get in. But Tuesday they were um, they were running a one three game in there. But yeah, like I said, it's only one hundred. Uh, big blind buy in and it's a it's a ten percent up to five dollars, which is a pretty that's pretty big for for a Vegas room. I don't know if that's standard for Harris or not. I don't really play too many Harris rooms, but uh, it's that's a pretty big rake. And yeah. I know they're making a concerted effort to try to keep the higher stakes games there. I think, um, and and I think just in general the cash games there. So maybe that's why they thought to bring in the one three game and also. Uh, give total rewards points. So you're Instead saying of the... you, you think the incentive of bringing it, keeping the bigger games there is to have smaller games? Is that, what well, you're no, just is that the, the argument you of... just made? <laughs> 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 well, it all trickles up. A trickle. It up all effect. trickles up. A trickle <laughs> yeah. up effect of the the one three cash games are really feeding those those big ten twenty five no limit games. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I run it up every year. Makes sense. That, uh, that I can see that happening. I yeah. can't. The 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 one guy that says I run it up every year and then he just hops from the one three into the two five and runs it up to the five ten and runs it up to the fifty one hundred two hundred four hundred PLO mix game. Uh-huh. Yeah, that guy. I think that's what happens. I don't think he would go. I'm on a heater. I'm going to enter a big tournament. He would just keep playing cash games. That's because people were like, yes, I'm on a heater. They're like, I'm going to go win a bracelet now. Well, you have to move up to chase your winnings. That's how the pros chase do your it. Winning. Chase your winnings. I don't think that's the phrase. <laughs> <laughs> so do you chase feel like the games there are any... Sorry, I, I, I mistakenly thought we were going to talk about the room. Go ahead. No. That's, <laughs> oh, God. So do you think I was gonna the see games you... there are any... Uh... Better? Um... The game I was playing, I mean, I, I was only playing the 1-3 game. Um, it was what you would expect at any 1-2, 1-3 table. Pretty standard, lots of limp calls, lots of people seeing flops. Um, there's maybe one or two guys that seemed half decent. They're opening for raises, um, but I didn't see anything that I thought there was, like, great players or anything. Um, from what I've heard... Um, some of the the two five five ten games are pretty good. But are you gonna play some of those? Um, hopefully I'll play some two five games, not five ten. It's a a bit over my roll, but I might splash around some of the two five games. Jump in there. Yeah, Run it I up. played a couple of the two five games, um, until I doubled up and realized that I was sitting with a thousand dollars in front of me, and that was way too much for me. <laughs> and then he went and bought a bunch of dessert. Yeah, it was awesome. $500 worth of dessert to get them back down to his comfort level. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, like, oh, yeah, right in the zone. His comfort level the, uh, of needing to go up a pant size. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you wear sweatpants. Well, that's where I chase my crumbs. Um, the the 2-5 games in, in the Rio during the summer seem, seem pretty reasonable. Um, also, if you do it, like, right a little bit after... A tournament starts, then the people that bust out just want to play cash, since there's not another tournament immediately running. Sometimes, 
so that would be a good time to go play. That's always good to play against some people that just busted out and show up to the table tilting. I, I feel like that's the entire strategy of playing at the Rio, because people are always busting out of tournaments there yeah. and wanting to go play cash. But then you have to put up with their bad beat stories. So, Yeah, yeah. The, the table talk was pretty bad last night. Um, I mean, just any any and every bad poker story you could imagine there was there was one guy that was he was complaining about the games in his hometown how there's no 100 big blind buying games and everyone's all the people he plays with are idiots all the people are idiots and every every time you raise the stacks are so shallow that everyone's pot committed blah blah, blah. and then he um he decided to straddle every hand in a 100 big blind game <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. I was like, okay. Do you ever just That's make silly. up bad beat stories just to share with them where it's not actually I... a bad beat? Where <laughs> <laughs> it's just the most extreme bad beat that you've ever heard of? One time I got it in Ace Queen versus Tens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brutal. He chopped. But seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I heard the most ridiculous bad beat story that I've can even imagine at the World Series of Poker Rio 2-5 game where this guy told about his his buddy who was playing in a Russian mob home game and they and two people got dealt the nut flush meaning that they both had like the ace of hearts in their hand so uh-huh. and it was some some ridiculousness about how he bought in or he was staked for 50000 in the game, but he didn't want to play with the whole thing on the table. So he told him to take 49000 of it back. <laughs> and then he got dealt aces, so he said, keep it, actually. These are the kind of stories that you can hear at the World Series of Poker. They're yeah, amazing. The, the same, the same uh, straddle guy also told oh, I thought him you were going to say the same story. Was, no. That, it yeah, was the other was, guy that had this. It was the push. other mob guy. <laughs> he was saying how this was the first year well i mean what it was the second day and he was like yeah this is the first year i haven't satellited into a 1500 event i was like oh how many satellites have you played he's like i've played nine already <laughs> wow. maybe maybe you should have just bought in <laughs> if you uh you five you're like committed though <laughs> right yeah you're satellite committed that's yep. a term that most people don't know yep Usually it only applies to space travel, but it also applies to poker. <laughs> um, it, life pro tip, uh, live satellite players are really bad and don't know how to play satellites. I've yeah. heard the satellites are really good at the Rio. I've actually, yeah. Every year I go, I actually say to myself that I'm going to play a bunch of satellites because it's just because they give you uh, when you win or I think it's what's top two or something like one seat and then you get some cash in second or something. Um, they give you don't you don't they give you like just a chip that you could sell a wafer? Yeah, it's like a five hundred dollar turn. It's like tournament dollars in real life. Sounds delicious. yeah, it's a wafer. A tournament wafer. They give you a tournament wafer, and then Tom tries to eat it because it's yeah. Maybe maybe we should. Does it represent uh, the body of Jesus Ferguson? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh wow. Um, but Did yeah. Anyway, every, every year guys? I go, I tell myself that I'm going to play those satellites because they're so soft, and people have no no idea, none, how to play those satellites. And 
then I just never do it. So yeah. I might have to try I this. Really, really would recommend it. I played a satellite here in Colorado, which is not the uh, not the exact same as Vegas, but it oh, gets down it to where there's like the bubble and there's. 17 seats and 18 players and people are like you know four-way open limping raised and, folding leaving themselves with like very little well like the uh it, it's disgusting like people are people are down to like two big blinds three big blinds four big blinds and it's like well hmm i have eight nine suited that's a pretty good hand should probably you gotta see a flop it. You got to see a flop. So, like, people completing the small blind with, like, six big blinds effective, um, heads up against the big blind. It's, I don't know. Anyways, people, people, I'm, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, I I think there's a really good strategy book by uh, Tom McAvoy or somebody that I got off the PokerStars FPP site. FPP store a long time ago that said basically don't do these things and that's not that good of a book speaking of really good strategy books I thought it was really funny that outside of the Amazon they have a huge huge booth at the main entrance to Amazon for Cordoza Publishing highlighted by Super System Super System 2 and Mike Carroll's Poker Tales I thought it was really funny that 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 was like the highlight book booth at the World Series of Poker Nice. Did you tell them what you think of t- of Caro's poker book? No. <laughs> did you see Mike Caro there? I did not. Did you see Doyle? I didn't see Doyle. When I went to the World Series for my first time, I I spent like a hundred dollars getting like hardbound copies of Super System One and Super System Two and having him <laughs> sign it because that that was definitely the coolest thing that I'd ever done at that point in my poker career. <laughs> I think everyone goes through that phase of of like being st- starstruck before they realize like, oh, you actually don't know. How to play poker that well? <laughs> saying, I thought, Doyle, oh, I thought you were going to say you went through that phase, poker. and then last year you apologized to Doyle for making him angry on Twitter, and that was like yeah. the next step. <laughs> you go through being starstruck, then you're a jerk to them, and then you apologize. Yeah, and then you become friends, and then they give you Swiss pork rolls. <laughs> Did not know that you became friends with Doyle Brunson, and he invited you to his Swiss pork roll farm. Uh, I didn't know that we were recording this podcast out of order. <laughs> yeah. uh, Spoiler alert. Yeah, that joke's going to come later. <laughs> Speaking of later, everybody's just so confused about what a Swiss pork roll is. I've heard the next part. I still don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's, I don't know. Let's. Why, uh, speaking of Swiss pork rolls, maybe we should throw to the interview with Wilt on Tilt. I, I think that's a good segue. <laughs> There's nothing better as a segue than to reveal something that's already been recorded later. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> TJ, do you have any last thoughts? And uh, are you going back to the Rio? I'll be back, and I'll see you guys there this month. No. No? Yes. yes. Not me. Yes. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Which month? I will see you, TJ. I actually oh, need a okay. room one of the nights, so I'll let you know. <laughs> what? Are you just inviting yourself over to TJ's house? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Did you have your mom call his mom? I'll, I have. Uh, I'll bring juice. I'll be there for the meetup at O'Shea's. <laughs> <laughs> Sad story. Anyways, um, well, I think now is as good a time as any to just uh, bring it in for a really close hug. And 
whether we're there in person or not, we're all there in spirit. Except me. All right. Except for Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up is Wilt on Tilt. Thanks, guys. This is Tommy Angelo, and you're listening to Badoogie All-Stars. I don't know why you would be, but apparently you are. You might want to uh, just examine what that means about your life. Hey guys, we're here with uh, Wilt on Tilt. How you doing, Aaron? Doing wonderful. <laughs> good, good. How uh, we we brought you on because we are almost on World Series time. I think it's started by now, and we figure Wilt on Tilt is a pillar of the poker community with all kinds of good ideas and uh, stuff going on. So, what's been new with you? Uh, nothing really. <laughs> uh, not not any good ideas. Not any. Uh, much. Uh, All right, that was Wilt on Tilt. So we're gonna, uh, oh. see you later. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so I uh, I had been working on a few things actually. I've been pretty busy um, back and forth from Costa Rica a bit to you know play some poker. I've got unlike you know most of you guys, maybe all of you guys. Uh, I have a wife and kid, so I, the whole like move around Europe. Uh, Toronto, Canada, Mexico, Middle East, wherever all these people are going to play poker. That hasn't been in the cards for me. Uh, my my wife wasn't too excited about taking our two-year-old uh, all across the globe. So uh, for me, it's been, you know, play when I can. And uh, other than that, I've been working on an ebook that I'm planning on giving away uh, for free. Whoa, and whoa! I thought like those a good were supposed to. Move. I thought those were supposed to cost a lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like this, the the point of the ebook. I mean, I guess I could charge for it, but the content in there, it's not as much strategy content in terms of like, you know, make this river check raise or like turn this hand into a bluff. It's more like, here's how to not suck at learning at poker because I feel like most people like are really bad students of the game. And so the whole idea behind it is basically, you know, here are all these roadblocks that if you can avoid these roadblocks, you're going to have a much easier time, like, climbing the ladder and, you know, getting more out of, like, poker education material and things like that. So it's if, for anybody who saw, like, the high school or high school, if you're from Sweden, um, <laughs> <laughs> then it's going to be like that except way better. And in way and more specific, I think, um, about like, don't do this, do this in terms of, you know, prep, prep, uh, prep, yeah, wow, I can't talk. Was I the one drinking the scotch? <laughs> no, I like, think it um, seeps through the uh, recording. Like, uh, <laughs> anyway, contact high over the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah, for anyone who wants to basically get better at poker and uses poker training sites and tries to, you know, not just read everyone's soul in Hollywood for five minutes, like thinking about what they're going to do. Uh, it's kind of a good book for them because they can hopefully read read it, get something out of it, 
apply it to uh, their like daily routine and uh, you know avoid some potential pitfalls that have plagued uh, a whole bunch of my students and a whole bunch of DC members. So it sounds nice. like it's going to be like a more in-depth high school poker sense type thing. And I, I'm all the time in the forums pointing people to various episodes, especially I think Jordan, weren't you on the one talking That's about right. forum? That's right. Um, forum posting. Pretty sure that was the highest rated one and yeah. most watched ever. <laughs> I'm all the time pointing people to that one because people will post a hand and it'll be like, you know, I have ace jack. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. There's or, some of that stuff. And it's also going to be more like some also a lot of high level stuff too. Um, like, I guess I could just pop it open and maybe I could have a better idea of like, for instance, one of the main roadblocks that like that I start off with is you like you meaning, you know, the person reading it, you get one-on-one coaching too soon in your like poker journey, or you always have the need to be right. And your thinking is inflexible or you ask the wrong questions and that, that type of stuff, um, where people are like able to say to themselves like, Oh yeah, I'm doing this to get better at poker, but really they're like kind of wasting their time or they're not maximizing their time. Since, you know, a lot of people, I know this was true for me when I first started. I mean, I was working, you know, I had um, a serious girlfriend, not my wife, and I was traveling a bunch for work, uh, doing programming and whatnot. And so like the time I had to study poker, it was like critical time, you know, I needed to get the most out of it I could. And like many of these roadblocks that I've put in this book are things that, you know, I struggled with and, and I like made these mistakes so now you know don't you guys make these mistakes the listeners yeah i i've read it jordan you can make this mistake (laughs) i i've made many of these mistakes myself as well um i I like one of them if i'm gonna give away another one of them is that you expect to be spoon-fed a winning poker strategy uh i think that a lot of people just kind of want to know like what's the one tip or just tell me something, you know, in like 30 seconds that's going to make me better or even like in an hour. Um, and the the fact of the matter is it's not an easy game. Otherwise, everybody would be super amazing at it and there would be no money. Everybody would be solid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's tons of stuff like that. I mean, I think most of these roadblocks, I mentioned it somewhere in the book, but most of these roadblocks can be boiled down to one of a few things, either like, lack of understanding of variance, uh, ego, or laziness. And I think there might be one more, but I forget. So a lot of them, like, these roadblocks were kind of born out of one or more of those those types of things. Nice, nice. Um, have, when, wait, wait. Have, oh. you, have you considered the $1,800 price point? Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, I've considered all price points from, like, zero to a gazillion bucks. And ultimately, I decided that I just think that these are things that need to be said and that people should read. And I also wanted it to be, I wanted to be able to write it without being afraid of someone saying like, Oh, I paid money for this. That sucks. You know, I have a better idea. Yeah. What is it? Um, request donations to, to a charity or something. Yeah. Or to yourself. Yeah. That could be like, like I, I use 100% of all funds I receive to rebuild my deck. <laughs> exactly. Don't to my child's college fund. Um, that's yeah, a good so, charity. Yeah. 
Um, so I think that could work. Seriously, I think uh, if you, I don't know if you have a charity or something that you know a cause that you care about. Uh, that yeah, you could say, hey, you know, a donation, just any amount, would be cool. You know? Yeah, I'll probably do that actually to St. Jude uh, Children's Research. Oh, not that one. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, charity fight, charity fight. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say uh, those people saved my life when I was a kid, so I like trying to give them money. That seems like a good reason to pick them. Yeah. Tom would prefer that you pick dogs. Yeah, I would, but you know, your just life, whatever. I could give them money. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So yeah, I didn't want too much pressure for it to be like, you know, oh, I have to have everything perfect in the book, or oh, I'm too wordy here, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just easier to put it out there because if I was going to put a price point on it, it probably would have been maybe like, I don't know, somewhere between five and thirty dollars, and I just, I didn't want. I didn't want that pressure, and I wanted to be able to just do it, and so that's that's why. Um, nice. And if you make it like five dollars too, and you have people pay you over like PayPal, they end up taking you know however much of it. So I, I like giving it away. Um, I think that's a good idea. I was actually going to write a nice blog post on DC about how to get better at poker, and then it's like, hey, I'm writing this little book. Check it out. And basically said like the five things I was gonna say and like ten more and much better than I was gonna say it. So that's so why you quickly posted your blog. Yeah. And now you're gonna call Will ripping you off. <laughs> no, it was the opposite. I was like, well, I'll just go sulk in the corner. <laughs> um, cool. Um, what what else do you have uh, going on here? Um, wait, wait. I have another question. Wait. Oh, okay. Do Talk you have a you. name for it in mind? Oh, um, yeah. My name kind of sucks, so if anyone has, you know, uh, suggestions, let me have it. But the name is basically Learning Poker Roadblocks to Success. Okay. I mean, that's basically what it is, because that's essentially what I'm talking about. But if you can think of something really cool, then, uh, you know, like, Badoogie I don't know. Badoogie All-Stars? Badoogie All-Stars <laughs> or something. Badoogie All-Stars presents. Yeah, exactly. Learning poker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can give you like a stamp that you can just put on every page. Yeah, of course. Like Badoogie All-Star approved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Do you have any sort of tentative <laughs> release date? I'm glad you're giving away for free if you're doing that. <laughs> um, as far as release date, I don't know. Maybe like in the next month or so I'd like to have it done. Uh, it just been working on a lot of stuff um including you know upgrading my website and making it a little more uh user friendly and i'm gonna have some like options for people to actually learn poker strategy now on my website so um yeah i mean it's i've been working on a lot of stuff regarding that and the book will hopefully you know since it's free introduce myself to people who don't know me you know like non-dc members things like that hopefully i can get a little more you know, exposure or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, maybe people will come check out my website and then I'll have some, some things there for people to do that I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I, I showed Jordan a little bit, uh, the other day and, uh, yeah, I think it's got some potential to be, you know, pretty fun and, and helpful for people who want to actually get better at poker. And your website is, uh, Oh, plus com, P L U S E V P O K E R. And right now it's just a bunch of like old blog entries from when I was, uh, uh, researching the uh, quick tender scandal, which most people didn't really hear much about because it all happened around Black Friday, and most people were concerned about you know full tilt and stars. But there was a e-wallet called QuickTender.com that was really hosing some uh, 
people like pretty badly. And so I put on my Noah SD cap and uh, tried to, you know, do something about it. And actually, it was pretty successful. So yeah, speaking of Noah SD, didn't you do some work for Subject Poker? Yeah, yeah. Once I started doing those blog posts on the Quick Tender scandal, um, he asked me if I wanted to, you know, put some of it up there on on Subject Poker. And so I thought, yeah, that'd be cool. And so I put most of the you know, hard news stuff on subject poker. And then I put my kind of opinions and analysis of it on the website. So anyone's interested in checking that out, it's, it ended up being kind of an interesting story in drama. Can you confirm that Noah SD is not diamond flush? Yes, I can confirm that. <laughs> well, if they're Siamese twins, does that make them two different people, but still one and the same? Is that the, is that the standing theory that you're still going with is the Siamese twins thing? It has to be, right? I don't know if it has, it has to, to be. be. Doesn't mean <laughs> has to be might be a little strong there, but um, yeah, Diamond Flush is really, really awesome. I mean, she, like she is just really good at what she does, and I don't think she gets nearly enough credit. And by the way, speaking of like donating to people, I think everyone should definitely toss her a few bucks. Uh, I'm planning on doing it uh, as soon as I get some, get my full tilt money, if and when. So. Definitely uh, insider so, subject. Tom, poker. why don't let's say Tom? Why don't you just do it now since you already got your full tilt? <laughs> yeah, because I didn't listen to Wilt. <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, recurring joke where Wilt on tilt said, "Everybody be cool," and Tom cashed out his money and to I his panicked. UK friend. <laughs> got my money. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Well, whoops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, for saying that. I don't remember saying it, but I, I believe it. If uh, I believe. Well, it makes sense to not panic. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. makes sense, but I didn't. Maybe we've just been wrongly accrediting it to you this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if I said that, and you know, looking back on it, ended up being wrong. But uh, yeah, I mean, the although I will say in my defense, that advice ended up being good advice for people in the quick tender scandal because those who like tried to dump their money to cake poker really quick, which was like the last place that accepted quick tender money ended up waiting uh, months and months and months longer than the rest of us who just kept our money in quick tender and we got it out. So uh, did everybody get paid in full? Um, Everyone did except for people who had money that was in transit when the whole thing blew up. So those people got their money. It was actually like a, the reason why the drama was kind of interesting is because it was two different government agencies like stepping on each other's toes and trying to be like the first ones to get this money. And so you had the Maryland DOJ who was trying to go after these bank accounts at the same time. And unbeknownst to them, the uh, secret service out of Fort Myers, Florida was snagging these transfers when they were coming in these bank wires and they were coming into the New York like correspondent bank. And so so the the D, Maryland DOJ was going after the actual like bank accounts overseas and the bank accounts that they had in the U.S. and the Secret Service was going after the money as it was being transmitted to the players for cash outs. So those people, like the Secret Service, swiped it and they're like, "F you guys, we're not giving it back." And I even talked to the guy on the phone who was, uh, uh, you know, behind a lot of the stuff at the Secret Service. And I talked to the guy on the phone who was uh, the primary. Uh, district attorney for maryland who was pulling the strings for all that stuff and neither of them were like at all sympathetic to, <laughs> to the players and they were all just like you know it's illegal to gamble online blah blah blah. you shouldn't have been doing it and you know you get what you deserve type thing and wow 
yeah, I mean, we're really lucky that it wasn't those people who did Full Tilt and Poker Stars. And something that a lot of you guys may not know, um, the Maryland DOJ was also trying to get um, Bodog, Full Tilt, and Poker Stars. But uh, I don't know what happened in terms of Bodog, but in terms of Stars and Full Tilt, we're lucky that the New York DOJ got them first because so far they've had the attitude that they want the players to get their money back. And wow. and if it was the Maryland people got to them first, um, you know that's it. It would have. I don't think it would have turned out like it's going to hopefully turn out now. Maryland's a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. Like, and I, from what I've heard too from other people that I managed to, you know, get some good sources on that. Um, perhaps similar to how Diamond Flush is doing now with uh, the bigger scandal. Similar to that, I've heard not to offend anyone, but that Maryland DOJ is kind of looked at as like the redheaded stepchild. And they're always trying to, they're like always one step behind uh, the New York people and just, you know, scraping for uh, headlines and stuff like that. So that's the word on the street. Let's so it's basically like in, the wire. Let's just say yeah. I have intimate knowledge of the Maryland DOJ and I, that doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all. Oh yeah. Well, Tom has also been doing some sleuthing. <laughs> yeah. So Awesome. Uh, you got any plans for the summer? World Series of Poker just kicked off. Yeah, I really, uh, I really wish I could have made it out there for the half and half uh, no limit PLO event, heads up event. But I didn't look at the schedule until like the day before it was running, and I didn't feel like jumping on a plane to go. So instead, I'm only going for about a week from the 11th to the 18th, and then, assuming you know I don't run horribly um, in cash games out there and stuff, I'll probably come back for the main event, you know, in early July. Nice. So I'm not doing uh, like the whole summer out there anymore, like uh, I had done in previous years. You have like an event schedule, a couple events that you want to play, or just all cash? Yeah, I probably play mostly cash, but I do want to play the. There's a four-handed event that I want to play. That's on the 14th, and there's also, I believe, a six-handed event in there somewhere. Uh, where was that? I'm looking at the schedule now. I'm flying out the day before and, and leaving the same day. If you fly out the day before, you can do the triple draw tournament. Uh, yeah, I suck at triple draw, but <laughs> yeah, no, I so guess it's just the forehand. <laughs> so yeah, oh no, the six-handed event is on the 11th. So yeah, I'm getting there early in the morning, and I'll play the six-handed event, and then a few days later, four-handed. That'll be fun, I think. And I actually really thought the the one event that was going to be like full ring first day, six max second day, and then heads up third day. I thought that sounded awesome, but uh, nice. not make it out for that either. Oh, that actually sounds really sweet. Yeah, when when was that? Was that was that today? What is today? Thursday? Today's yep. Wednesday. I think it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Do you want to be my partner in the tag team event at Caesars? <laughs> a tag team event? Joe already had a partner. Yeah, I do. Screw him. <laughs> Tom's gonna uh, play it twice, and when his turn is over in one yeah. table, he's gonna run to the other table. <laughs> yeah. What what is a tag team? I don't even I don't know what that you switch is. Switch every level. Oh really? Yeah. There's a there's a World Series event which Tom is not going to play, uh, which is the same thing. It's called doubles, and it's on the thirtieth, June thirtieth. Yeah. Interesting. But the tag team at Caesars is on the twelfth. Oh wow! Yeah, I might be up for that actually. It's like a hundred and fifty dollar buy-in or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> and if I'm not doing anything else, then let's definitely do that. All right. I'll um, have to. Break the news to my friend. And does, and does, your, does your friend listen to this podcast? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. 
Hey, if you now think that Tom's an idiot for screwing you over, come on our segment and we can talk about Tom. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to mess up your friend, though. I guess if you already had plans, me and uh, somebody else will do it and we'll just split action or something. Sounds We've good. been trying to get someone who's mad at Tom to come on the podcast for like six episodes. So if we have now done that, you've helped us a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excellent. What's, what's our Tom, new segment going to be called? Uh, who are you calling an idiot, dummy? That's right. You should nice. probably give the backstory to Wilt. Tom, nope. Tom <laughs> referred to people from his home game as idiots, and apparently those idiots follow him on Twitter and noticed that he has a podcast where he called them idiots and got mad. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're going to bring him on, and hopefully they'll call him a dummy. No, they call him an idiot. Oh. Dummy. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Right. Uh the last serious question that I need to ask you about is um, you're from Kansas City. There's a lot of barbecue in Kansas City. What is your favorite kind of meat to barbecue, smoke, cook, any kind of thing, and how do you do it? Yeah, okay. Uh, be careful. because How long is this podcast? Because, I mean, I could talk about this stuff for hours. But, yeah, the, my favorite to, to smoke, smoking is kind of my specialty. Um Smoking meat, you know. Insert homoerotic homo joke here. Um, yeah, I, so I was thinking drugs, not uh, the other one. <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> I thought that was a San Francisco joke. But, okay. <laughs> that is true. DJ Sensei does live in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Boom. Uh, so yeah, I like to do three things. I like to do uh, brisket, and I like to do pork shoulder, which is used for pulled pork. And I also like to do uh, pork ribs, either back ribs or spare ribs. And, yeah, usually I end up doing something like, I don't know, 18 to like 24 pounds of meat at once. And the, it generally takes somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 14 to 22 hours uh, nice. to, to finish it. And, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you basically have to quick – quick uh how to i guess you basically have to keep the temperature at around 225 degrees and you uh prep the meat by coating it coating it in mustard and then putting on a bunch of dry rub and you might think like gross mustard uh, which i do i don't really like mustard but by the time uh, it takes on the smoke and cooks for so long there's no mustard flavored left it just helps like the the dry rub stick to the meat and keep it moist so, yeah, you uh, end up doing that. I like to also inject uh, some different things into the middle of the meat to keep it moist and give it some flavor. Like on the pork, I like to do um, an apple juice. Oh, no, oh okay. Like apple juice base, <laughs> not so much chocolate. Uh, although, although cheese I've been wanting to do. Some people do cheese. They like inject the cheese in there. I haven't done that, and I'd like to do that. That sounds interesting. But, yeah, mm-hmm. like garlic herb stuff, lots of different spices. I like a lot of heat, you know, like uh, – cayenne pepper and red pepper and stuff like that and yeah it's awesome i'm thinking of hostess style barbecue oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's got the cream filling in the middle i'm thinking swiss pork rolls sorry (laughs) 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 that's bad um nice so i actually have a meat store that i just recently found out here and they do like all kinds of cuts of it's basically like a butcher so Mm -hmm. they can get you all kinds of stuff but i don't have a giant smoker what would you recommend yeah that's tough do you have a charcoal grill (laughs) uh i can get a charcoal grill i have a gas grill okay yeah gas grill i mean can you get a giant smoker 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I could just get a giant smoker and <laughs> you park it on my driveway. You can get some cheap ones for maybe like 50 or 75 bucks. Um, you should build but, one. But they're tough. Yeah, you can actually build them if you get uh, a couple oil drums. Uh, I, there, there are places out there that have schematics that you can build one. I'd like to do that at some point, but um, I typically use a water smoker. Uh, like, what is it, Weber Smoky Mountain is one of them. I've got a different Weber version, but it's similar. And uh, so it helps, like, you, you have the heat source on the bottom, then you have the water on top of that, and then you have two racks on top of the water. And so you get the smoke and the uh, and the water to, you know, give it the flavor and the moisture. But, yeah, so if, for you that you don't have that, if you can get a charcoal grill, what you would end up needing to do is put it, hopefully it's a big enough drill, but you would end up putting lit coals on the left side and the right side. And then maybe like you could put a pan of water in the middle and then you would uh, every now and then put like wood chips, soaked wood chips onto the, uh, onto the lit coals and that would provide the smoke. And then you have, because the coals are on the left and right side and not directly underneath the meat, you would get a little bit of the uh, indirect heat with the moisture nice. in the middle. So that, that's how you would end up doing it. It, it can be really tough though. Uh, to regulate the temperature that way. It's already kind of hard just in the normal smokers to regulate the temperature. But so I guess what you're saying is just fly out to Kansas City? Yeah, if you come out here, I'll I'll make you some of everything. You'll eat as much as you could possibly eat. All right, sounds good. Book the vacation. Yeah, book it. Yeah. Tom, do you want to talk about that... how much better Tennessee barbecue is? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say, if you're going to East Tennessee, check out Ridgewood Barbecue. It's amazing. Um, Aaron, do you have anything that you, you want to, do you have like a Twitter account or yeah. people follow you on Facebook? Are you that famous? Um, I don't really use Facebook cause I don't really like it, but I, I mean, I do have an account. Anyone can add me as a friend if they like, um, so yeah. Okay. Sorry if my audio sounds like shit. Um, so anyway, yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Wilton Tilt. That's good enough. Catch me and catch my website, uh, com. If there's nothing out there new by the time of this uh, recording, then I'll come back later. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell them, too. All right. Uh, well, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. And let's throw it to Mitch's Minute. All right. See you guys later. Welcome to Mitch's Minute. Today I'm talking about how to survive a nuclear terrorist attack. Whilst nuclear terrorism is a low probability event, it is of course possible and there are some surprisingly simple things you can do that will dramatically increase your chance of survival. If a medium-sized nuke was detonated, within 1 kilometer, you have a 10% chance of surviving the initial blast. Between 1 to 3 kilometers, 50%, and 3 to 12 kilometers, 90%. So if you're in a location of a nuclear detonation, you have a pretty good chance of still being okay at this point. Once the initial blast does go off, you have a 10 to 15 minute window before the radioactive fallout comes down from the mushroom cloud. If it's possible in this time, try to get 2 kilometers from the blast before seeking out shelter, and make sure you're not downwind from the blast because that's where the fallout will be carried to. If you can't get this distance away, you either need to get underground or above the ninth floor. That will shield you from a lot of the radiation. 
when traveling out in the open, cover as much of your body, including your mouth and nose, so you don't inhale radioactive dust. And when you get to safety, get out of those clothes and shower to remove the rest of the radioactive material. So that's Mitch's Minute for this week. I'd like to thank uh, Aaron Wilthon Tilt for coming on. That was an excellent interview. Also, like to thank TJ for his excellent review of the Rio and Mitch because that's really important to know. Um, also, Wilthon Tilt wanted to, list, wanted to let you guys know that if you're in town, Vegas from June 11th through the 18th, is to tweet at him at Wilthon Tilt, and maybe you guys can meet up for beers or something. And if you tweet at TJ, you can meet up for hugs or something. Um, BadoogieAllStars.com, very exciting place. TJ sent some pictures from the Rio. We're going to put those up so you can actually get exclusive content on the website now that normally it's just episodes. Um, Twitter.com slash BadoogieAllStars, Facebook.com slash BadoogieAllStars, Stitcher.com slash Badoogie. Put the Badoogie code in there and you're entered to win $100. I still don't know how the contest works, but it's true. (laughs) Um, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, give us a rating or review if it's nice. If it's not nice, yeah, go ahead and do it anyway. We don't care. And next week we're going to have Nolan Dalla, the media relations director for the World Series of Poker, come on, uh, talk about WhatsApp stuff, um, and also maybe a little get into a little uh, poker history. He wrote uh, One of a Kind, Stu Unger's biography. Um, so that should be a good interview. Um, be sure to check it out. And we'll see you then. This is Tecmo Super Bowl. This is Nixon the Grouch. This is 2 for Offsuit. See y'all later. Hey, Tecmo. Hey, fuck you.